Hi, good evening, everybody. It is Monday, uh, 7 o'clock uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, my name is Andre uh, Anderson. I'm both host and founder of BSTL. So I hope you've been doing well. And of course, um, as I always say at the beginning of every one of our segments, please don't forget to like, subscribe, um, and share this podcast with anybody that you know uh, would love to hear about or be a part of these uh, conversations about leadership. Uh, I want to jump right into it today. I'm excited. I have a wonderful guest, um, and you're going to be hearing from her in the next few moments. And um, I want to make sure that I pronounce the name properly because she likes her name to be uh, pronounced properly. So I'm going to do that. Alethea O'Hara Stevenson, welcome to the BSTL uh, podcast, and it stands for Building Something That Lasts. Are you there, Alethea? Amazing. Thank you for the warm introduction, Andre. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here. We met uh, a couple of months ago, and I knew that I just had to have you um, on the podcast. So thank you for being here. And I know that there are tons of people, like I wish that everybody would know Alethea. Um, there are tons of people that know you, but there are a few people that may not know you. And so before we get into our conversation today, wouldn't you, would you mind maybe sharing two things about you um, that are not going to get you incarcerated? <laughs> <laughs> two things. Okay, let me share something personal. Um, I am a mom of three and a wife, of course, and I am the founder and president of the Dufferin County Canadian Black Association, an organization that was established to lead, advocate, and empower our Black communities in the Dufferin County region. So you asked for two. There you go. Oh, nice. Now, where's the Dufferin County region? Tell us that as well, if you don't mind. Yes, so if you are familiar with Brampton, we are about 45 minutes north, straight up Highway 10 um, of the Brampton course. So straight up Highway 10, 45 minutes north of Brampton. All right, so that means for those that don't have gas money, they'll just have to listen to you. And those that do have gas money, they'll have to take the drive. So Absolutely, so, the scenic drive to, to Shelburne. And it's nice out there, by the way. Uh, and, and really... Um, just for context, we're, we're in about 13 countries now. And so when you share um, where you are and where you're doing this wonderful work of engaging the, the community and so forth, it gives some of our listeners an opportunity to get to know a little bit uh, about our province and our city here in the GTA. So Alethea, we want to have a conversation today about how is it that we get the best out of our employees as a leader. I want to turn it over to you and, and let's let's get started. How do we get our best? Where do we start? Wow, it starts with you as the leader. It starts with how you show up. And what I like to describe leadership as, it's, it's the art. It's something that is fluid and, and it changes, but it's the art of impacting and influencing others who may be following you. And when I think of leadership, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to have a title of CEO or manager. You can lead in your everyday lives. If you're a mom, if you're a teacher, you're leading. You're leading families. You're leading individuals. But it's that job of impacting and influencing them and getting the best out of those who you are leading. So if we put it back in the uh, corporate context... Mm -hmm. How you show up as an individual makes a world of difference. If you're showing up to work and you had a bad morning and you're reflecting that in the workspace, mm -hmm. your employees are going to feed off that. 
that negative energy, that upset feeling that you have, your employees are going to read that and they're not going to want to perform. So it is in your best interest to take that cleansing breath, mm-hmm. take that moment and you put on that smile. Mm-hmm. Whatever you need to do in that moment, I like to do my dance of joy <laughs> just to make sure that I, I am getting in that positive frame of mind. Whatever works for you, do that to make sure that you're showing up into the space of work in a positive frame of mind with the best intentions and the best energy. That's the first principle in leadership, how you show up. So, all right. Um, fair enough. And because um, as I'm getting to know you, I know that you're a very positive person. Like that's just who you are. But how do we, you know, like when when you say show up, um, leaders are coming from different contexts, right? So not everybody's happy. uh, Not everybody is in the optimal spaces in their in their own private life. And the and the list goes on. Are there some intentional things? And I hear you saying the dance, right? (laughs) You have a happy dance that you do. Um, But how how do I get into that framework? Because the truth is, even if you love your job. Um, and your responsibility of leading people, um, not every single day do you always want to be there because, you know, that's just life. So how do we how do we set that posture? How do we create that environment so that every single time, regardless of how we're feeling or not feeling, it's going to happen in the right kind of way? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm going to share an idea that an amazing mentor of mine has shared with me that I've started to implement. And it's when you're changing location, whether you're leaving home to go into your workspace, no matter what is happening before you set foot in that door, you need to take a moment and pause and disconnect. So separate the two worlds. And for me, what I've been doing is I mentioned the dance. It could simply be a moment just to meditate for yourself. Right. It could be a moment where you're reading something inspiring. It Mm -hmm. could be prayers, whatever it is that will work for you, for you to be able to set the tone and the intentions for that day is what you need to do. And you have to be purposeful in it. And I have bad days. We all have bad days. Mm -hmm. But I have to now remember that I need to have an impact on the staff that I'm leading. And so Mm -hmm. I need to take that moment to just pause Mm -hmm. and separate the negative that may have happened on my drive to work Mm -hmm. and set the tone for the day by doing my happy dance. And the happy dance doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do some bold, fantastic move. It could be something in your head. It could just be a jig that you do on the spot. Whatever it is that works for you, right? Sometimes people will think I am nuts because, you know, I am there with my earpods on and I'm bobbing away to the music. But mm-hmm. that is how I get into that mode and I start to set the intention for that day. If, I'm a, if I wake up in the morning and I'm in a bad mood, I know that it's going to, if I don't change that, yeah. it's going to set the tone for the day and the rest of the day is just going to go downhill. So I have to consciously make an effort, purposefully make an effort to think positively and to get into that positive frame of mind. So it, it also sounds like, and I agree with um, what you've said, by the way, but it also sounds like um, in, in terms of how you are leading, that even though you may be leading a group of individuals, it also sounds like you are the type of leader that has a personal touch um, that you have with each person that you are leading. What does that look like, right? Because you've got your introverts, your extroverts, um, your phlegmatics, your cholerics, you've got all kinds of different personality types and plus life happening. How are you able to lead a group and lead the individuals simultaneously? 
Yes, another great question. The first thing is get to know your employees, understand what motivates them, understand individually how they want to be treated, right? So you mentioned the introvert. The introvert may not be the person who wants to be celebrated and be on the, in the spotlight, but you may have that extrovert who loves the accolades, who loves to be in the spotlight in team settings. Mm-hmm. They want to celebrate all their accomplishments and their birthdays. Once you get to know your employees on an individual basis, then you can provide them with the right level of, I won't say treatment, but the the right level of engagement and interaction that they want to receive. And so for me, one of the things that I have been doing in my leadership journey, even in this virtual world that we live in, Mm -hmm. I connect with my employees Mm -hmm. every single morning, whether it's virtually through chat um, programs, Mm -hmm. Good morning. How are you? Mm-hmm. How is the family? Mm-hmm. That simple connection before you even talk about work. Right. How are you? If I am in this in the office environment, it's the same thing. That 15 minutes, however long it takes, it adds a significant value to employee engagement because you're connecting with that individual first. You're getting to know them. You're checking in on them on their well-being mm-hmm. above and beyond work. And uh, studies have shown, I've actually done research on this, where the employees have shared how much they value that interaction because it creates a, a, a culture of belonging. Mm-hmm. It makes them feel seen, valued, and heard. So again, understanding how the employees want to be treated and treating them as such with that respect in mind. So I want to pivot a little bit um, because I'm also thinking about the difficulty of connecting. And and maybe here's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some that like the connection part almost too much. So now you've asked, you know, hey, Andre, how are you doing? But Andre's an extrovert. And Mm -hmm. Andre loves to come to work. But guess what? While you enjoy the the human interaction between yourself and myself, um, maybe I'm not performing as well. Right. So if if you have to do the survey, they'll say, great, Alethea, best leader I've ever worked with, but I'm not performing um, well. How do I balance that? How do I make sure that while I'm getting to know you, that I'm still getting the best out of you? Um, Because not everybody comes to work for the the, for the exact same reasons. Yes. Another great question. And so that is where I like to look at the different leadership styles to be able to get the best out of your employees. So that employee who may not be performing um, optimally, Mm -hmm. that's where I'm going to have to put specific action plans in place. And so understanding that individual's um, work style and engagement, Mm -hmm. I may have to do a democratic type of leadership style with them where we're negotiating and then we're setting up some accountabilities. We're setting up some metrics and and goals for them to meet and almost like an action plan. So once we have that established, we have an agreement in place, then we work towards meeting those goals individually. If that's not working, I may have to go towards a transactional type of leadership where Mm -hmm. it's what needs to be done. This is the day that it needs to be done go forth. And some employees thrive in that environment where they need to be task managed. Mm -hmm. Right. But as a leader, you have to know the different leadership styles that will work for the individuals on your team. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Um, And I love where this is going, by the way, 
but I'm going to ask the obvious question, right? So mm -hmm. some of what you're saying may or may not be contingent on the size of your team, right? So if you have a smaller um, size of team, maybe five people or less, that type of coaching, um, it looks different. But if you are managing um, groups of people, like I think of executive uh, directors and managers who literally have maybe 40, 50 people, that sounds like a lot of time. How, like, how are you going to find the time to do your work while managing and leading these people all at the same time? Fantastic. And so if you are at a director level, as an example, you may have a manager that um, is reporting directly into you. And so not necessarily 40 direct employees, it may be less. And so that's where you leverage your managers and make sure that your managers are now equipped to, to downward manage the rest of their team. And so I think it is still feasible. I've seen the evidence of it where leaders are responsible for a small segment of their overall mm -hmm. employee base. And that's where that leadership style will come into place. One of the things that I've seen working well is at a director level or even a VP level, mm -hmm. you may not have those opportunities to connect with every employee on a weekly basis, mm -hmm. but it, it's in your best interest to connect with them maybe on a quarterly session, 15 minutes check-in, mm -hmm. right? But it's not necessary to provide that specific coaching because you're not in the details with them. You're not seeing their mm -hmm. daily metrics. That information is being filtered up through your direct manager. Mm -hmm. But that quarterly check-in is pivotal in making sure that your overall employee engagement continues to increase and thrive. And so that's the differentiation. So if you've got a small team, absolutely. That weekly check-in, bi-weekly mm -hmm. check-in works well. Yeah. If you're at as least director level and you've got 40, 50, hundreds of people reporting to you, you don't have the capacity to do weekly coachings, but you have the opportunity to do check-ins quarterly, semi-annually, whatever that basis is. And it could be in a group setting where you're just having people come together just to share, but it's not to specifically coach. It's just to check in. So um, I love this conversation, by the way, and now I'm going to push it a little bit further. Um, because here's one of the things that we haven't talked about yet and, and we have to talk about it now. Now, there are some assumptions that I make based on what you've said so far, um, and that being um, most of the individuals that we're talking about in terms of getting the best out of them, they are agreeable. Um, they are desiring to work with you. They understand the mission, the vision, you know, the objectives that have to be fulfilled. But we also know that there are some individuals that will fight you tooth and nail on every level, no matter what the goals are, no matter what the objectives are, the benchmarking. There are some people that, look, they don't want to work with you. How, how are you going to? And, you know, the reason why I'm asking that question, a friend of mine, he asked me that question not too long ago. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll get a better answer from you. But what are we doing with individuals that don't want to be their best? How are we helping them as well? Yeah. And so you need to find out what motivates them. So oftentimes, you know, they have issues that is happening in their personal lives. There are, you know, issues happening um, that is outside of work that sometimes you may need to step into that realm and offer them additional support through whatever corporate resources that you may have. Um, that's one of the best solutions I would recommend. And once you understand um, what motivates them, then you can work together to come up with a solution that will generate results. 
yes, not every employee will be happy. If it's a personal issue, as a leader, you need to now learn how to separate that personal issue versus actual work goals and accomplishments that need to be um, generated, right? So not everyone will like you, you know, as a leader, mm-hmm. but you still have metrics and goals that you need to meet as, as a team. And so how are you going to work towards getting that? And it's focusing on the goals, the visions and missions of the organization, mm-hmm. as opposed to you don't like me, Alethea, as your manager, right? That That's right. totally separate, yeah. right? How that employee wants to be um, to be treated and what motivates them to work is pivotal, again, in understanding how you can get the best out of those employees. Take away the personal. So, all right, you've done everything, right? And, and I know Ooh. that you are a type um, A personality um, based on some of the conversations we've had. I know that you are detail-oriented. And in um, one of my previous podcasts, um, we were having this part of the conversation um, and, and the question then is, what happens when you've done everything that you can, right? Um, and nothing seems to be working, Alethea. Like you've done the one-on-ones. You've gone out Perfect. for the coffee breaks. You have had lunch with them. You, you even have the sticky notes that you leave on their monitor or, you know, the text messages, whatever. You have done it all, Alethea, and no change, now it's time for an action plan. Now it's time for those courageous conversations. Okay. And those courageous conversations will center around these are your goals and objectives. Week after week, month after month, you have not been meeting them. Mm-hmm. These are some of those crucial next steps. Mm-hmm. You need to meet X by X date or else. Okay. There are negative, negative consequences, right? Oftentimes, um, they shape up, mm-hmm. um, but there are situations where you've had to let employees go. I've had to let individuals go because they simply were not performing optimally, mm-hmm. right? But that's after you're taking significant steps to make sure that you're helping them to achieve their goals. You're helping them to succeed. They ha- they also have a vested interest, mm-hmm. right? But if as a leader, you can't articulate, you know, what those goals are, mm-hmm. then you fail them as an employee and you fail them as a leader. So... Because you've had to let some people go, um, Mm -hmm. and and maybe this is a part of the transparent part of our conversation, like most most times we as leaders don't want to admit that we fail, right? Um, It's it's not easy to swallow that because you're in the corner office, you know, you're the one doing the month-end reviews, the quarterly reviews, um, you've done everything that you can, and you've let some individuals go because... Um, they're not working well based on what is required. Um, in those moments of reflection, since you've had to fire some individuals, have you ever made a mistake and fired somebody and thought about it further and realized, nah, this one was on me? And because you know they were the object lesson of me not necessarily being optimal with them, I, I, I have failed them. Mm, good question. I can't... I don't recall a situation like that, Mm -hmm. but I'll pivot and and, um, change to a situation where I've actually hired an employee and wasn't, I've actually had to let that employee go, but I wasn't able to provide the right coaching to one, integrate them into the team. Um, And as a result, I still was not able to provide um, sufficient coaching to help them to succeed in their role 
And so that was one of my early leadership lessons in how could I have improved mm -hmm. uh, the, the coaching and the environment so that this employee could thrive and succeed. And I, I don't know if, you know, had I done all of the right things, all the things that I know now, if that would have helped the employee. Mm -hmm. um, hindsight is always twenty twenty, but that yeah. is that is one of the situations where I've reflected back on and said, Perhaps I could have done, you know, a better job of integrating them within the overall team structure and provided more coaching and guidance to help them thrive in their role. And, and I just didn't do that. Oh, wow. And, and I think in those moments, it's tough, right? Because um, I think it works well when everyone complies or they come form yeah. or they come already motivated and, and ready to do what they have to do. But we know, like you said, because people have lives outside of mm -hmm. their jobs and some people are not as transparent and they may not always share. And so while you think you are butting against somebody who is stubborn and whatever, no, right now they've got somebody that is in palliative care and they just don't want right. to talk about it because we don't do that in the office. Exactly. Um, but maybe further to this is, is this, right? Because... Um, as leaders, sometimes our, our um, blind spots are we don't collaborate enough with our colleagues that are working on the same level. Um, how do we make sure that we are getting the best out of ourselves um, so that we can give it to others? Like, what does what should the support look like, especially when these difficult conversations have to happen? And maybe it's a little bit over your head because you've never dealt with that kind of personality um, type. How are you working with others around you? Um, to also make sure that you're successful while leading people? Um, the best example I can give is my own personal ongoing coaching mm -hmm. learning journey, right? So even though I'm a leader, I still have mentors that mm -hmm. I connect with. I still have uh, sessions, career sessions that I, I participate in and educational courses and workshops so mm -hmm. my journey as a leader is ongoing mm -hmm. you know there's constant learning things evolve all the time so those are some of the things that um, I've been actively doing the mentorship I think is key building your network mm. is key um, and that's something that I recently learned through one of my mentors mm -hmm. you know the feedback was you need to actively reach out and connect with different people across various platforms. Mm -hmm. And that's how you stay ahead of the game. And that's how you get um, people talking or speaking your name positively in mm -hmm. a room when you're not there because ah. your network is broad. Yes. And when you're connecting with those individuals, it's more than just having a coffee chat. You know, a coffee chat is absolutely important, mm -hmm. but it's having meaningful conversations where you're both benefiting from that interaction. So I like that. And I was going to ask you that. I have it here in, in my notes, but I want to push a little bit more with this part of the conversation, right? And we're still talking about getting the best out of your employees. Are you networking peop with people that are in a similar um, vocation or are you just networking with leaders, period? Right? Because maybe I should say this, right? I think that the, um, the Achilles heel... Um, of leaders, especially when they are really doing well, there's a tendency to network with people that are in a similar context. And so because you, you do a similar work, you want to know how other people are doing things. Um, when I was a younger leader, I agreed with that. Um, but now that I'm getting older, I'm, I'm realizing that um, sometimes 
there's a benefit in having a conversation with other leaders that have no idea what it is that you do. And so the objectivity is there. How are you, how are you doing the networking thing? Oh my gosh. Great question. Again, all the gems this morning. Um, so networking is broad. For me, it absolutely has to be broad because you need that diversity of thought and, and creativity and all of the great things that comes with having diverse people in, in your roster. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm networking, it's not necessarily networking as well with people of the same level. I could be networking with someone who works at Tim Hortons as a cashier mm-hmm. right. because there's so much knowledge and wisdom that you can gain from that individual. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I'm in an environment where there are individuals that are just graduating from university, right. you know, that are <laughs> my age, quarter my age, right? <laughs> but they're bringing a fresh skills sure. to the table, creative thinking to the table that I'm able to leverage and, and, and utilize in my day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. So if you sit in a room and you're only networking with like-minded people, you're going to be stuck in a silo. You're going to mm-hmm. be missing out on so much richness mm-hmm. and learning that comes from having a diverse set of people around you. So it doesn't matter if you're in the financial sector, mm-hmm. if you're in the nonprofit sector, mm-hmm. if you're an entrepreneur, it is incumbent on you to go out and network from a broad spectrum of people. Um, and I know your next question is, how do you network? <laughs> <laughs> how do you know? How do you know? Yeah, sure. That's my next question. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it's, it's, for me, it's, you know, simply having having a, that conversation. I mean, mm-hmm. you and I, we met at a conference and it was simply hello. That's right. right? So you, you start the conversation with that simple introduction and mm-hmm. you build that relationship. You check in with the individual. You say hello and, you know, have meaningful conversations around family, the things that light the other person up. And then you share a little bit about your background and experience. Mm-hmm. The other avenue that is absolutely fantastic for networking is LinkedIn, mm-hmm. right? That's what yeah. that tool is there for. So yeah. reach out to somebody that's in a different industry than mm-hmm. you, right? And say simply, hello, would you like to have a virtual chat? Mm-hmm. I would love to learn more about your background, your your profession, whatever it is that that individual is doing that interests you. Yeah. Start with that. And, and people generally like to talk about themselves, yeah. right? People generally love to share their knowledge and experience. And so... I haven't come across a situation yet where someone has said no. They may have pushed back to say, you know, at a later date, Mm -hmm. but I haven't come across a situation yet where it has been no. You know, um, one of the things I appreciate about you, Alethea, um, and everything that you've said is the way that I I experienced you, but then I want to add one more component to this. Um, I think one of the gifts that you have, or at least one of the, the things that you have decided to be, is also one who connects people who may not be connected. And and I think that that's important because sometimes um, these connections that we make with people, it's, it's just an instantaneous moment and we don't get back to them again because life is happening. But I think if we're committed to helping people grow and be their best as we lead, we also have to connect people even when they're not asking to be connected um, to ensure then that this thing um, in principle of communicating and helping people to grow, it's happening organically. So how did yes. you get to that place? You know, why is it that you are so open to sharing your resources around you? What, where, where does that come from? Wow. Uh, I think the best 
my philosophy is there is room at the top for everyone to succeed and, and, and to thrive. And so it's not taking away anything from me to share. Mm -hmm. And so when I share my resources with others, it's in the hopes that that goodness will continue to spread, mm -hmm. right? I am benefiting from something fantastic and perhaps, you know, somewhere down the line, somebody else will reach out and say, Hey, Alifia would be good for this event yes. or Alifia would be, you know, fantastic for, for something. Yes. So and it may not necessarily be directly to me. It could be something, you know, a connection that is extended to my family, mm -hmm. right? I, I just believe in that goodness. If you give goodness out, it will come back to you somehow, somewhere. So, and again, at the heart of all of this, there is room at the top for all of us to thrive and succeed because we're all unique beings. Mm -hmm. We all have something special that we bring to the table. So it's not a matter of Alifia competing against Andre. Mm -hmm. No, Andre has something special and unique about him. Mm -hmm. Alifia has something unique and special about her. We both can be in the same playing field, but we bring something unique. So let me throw a curveball to you. Um, what do you what do you do when you've now um, poured out and given the best uh, to those that you are coaching and leading and mentoring, but they've now outgrown you? What, what are you going to do wow. there? <laughs> Celebrate. <laughs> I, th I think my yeah. job, my, mm -hmm. my job would have been done, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's a moment of success. And I've seen where individuals have thrived and surpassed me, but mm -hmm. that connection is still there, right? If opportunities come up, they're going to reach out and say, hey, I think that, you know, this is an opportunity for you. So right. it, to me, it's a it's a win-win. Yeah. I haven't... I haven't come across a negative situation where someone has outgrown me and they've completely turned their backs. Right. Not for let's hope that's not, you know, I don't ever run into that situation, but I, I think it's a win-win. And if for whatever reason that person has outgrown you and the relationship has severed, perhaps it has served its purpose, yeah. right? There's a time and a season for everything. So let it go and move on. So, Alethea, this has been a great conversation. And by the way, I, I know you're always busy, but you're going to have to make time because there's a part two that I didn't get to today. I won't even tell you what it is. Um, but I would like to, as we wind our conversation down, um, can you consolidate everything that we've discussed? What is the takeaway that you would like for our listeners to, to, to know based on everything that we've discussed today? Wow. So if I could condense it, it would be as a leader, you need to take stock of how you're showing up before you can even engage your employees, before you even dive into work, take stock of how you are showing up yourself as a leader. The second component is check in with your employees, understand what motivates them and how they want to be treated in the workplace or in any environment. Once you understand how employees want to be treated, then you can optimize their performance by simply checking in, by simply saying, hello, how are you, before you dive into the work. Wow. Um, now, Alethea, I want to do this. I should have done this at the beginning, um, but I missed it on my notes. I want to, I know that you are on different platforms and you are sharing and facilitating conversations and interviewing. Would you mind, and I'm also going to put it in the subject area when I share this to LinkedIn, um, but are there some websites or YouTube spots where people can find you? Because I'm certain that having had this conversation, there are going to be some people that are reaching out to you in a different type of capacity. 
Yeah, absolutely. So my preferred uh, contact page would be LinkedIn. So Alethea O'Hara Stevenson on LinkedIn. But if individuals are interested in hearing more about some of my interviews, they can find the links on Rogers TV YouTube channel mm-hmm. titled In Conversation with Alethea. And that's where I sit down with amazing leaders mm-hmm. from different different environments, just sharing their journey, their experience in leadership. Oh, wow. Incredible, uh, Alethea O'Hara Stevenson. Um, it has been a joy um, to have you um, on our podcast today. And I, I hope and know, because um, I'm going to put the pressure on you, that this will not be the last time. You know, here um, on this podcast of BSTL, we're building something that lasts. And really, we're not just building leaders, we're building potential leaders. We're, we're building the generation of tomorrow as well as we're building today. Because the reality is most, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of people have become leaders not because they're optimal, but because they've been at an organization for quite some time. And there are things that we learn that we need to unlearn. And then there are things that we don't know that we need to learn. But when we are building something that lasts, it means that we're open um, to being coached, to being mentored, and definitely having the difficult conversations. Alethea, thank you so much for coming on. And um, I know that this conversation is going to be a blessing to somebody who needs to know that we have to show up and not just show up the way that we want to be. We have to show up in a way that is advantageous to those that are um, needing us to be optimal. So if you haven't liked or subscribed or shared, um, please make sure you do so. Thank you for listening. And again, build something that lasts wherever you are leading. Bye for now.